Andes. I hope you're well. Georgie Parker here, joined with me is Ash Nelson and Bubs Barbieri. And we're ready to fill your life with nothing at all of substance. And hello, guys. Ash, you, a very happy WA day to you. Ah, thank you very much. What a celebration it is today to be here in WA. And I know neither of you, or maybe you, Georgie, a little bit, given that you do sometimes reside in Western Australia. Uh, I hope that you're happy about WA Day as well. And Buzz, before we start paying out on WA, just appreciate the fact that it actually is one of the best places in the world to live, despite the fact we can't merge $6 coffees at the airport and also got really bad public transport. It's still a very good place. So happy WA Day to everybody here in Western Australia and everyone uh, that wants to be in Western Australia today. I just thought it was cheap flights for Bali. That, that too. That is cheap flights for Bali Day. What's, um, what's great about WA is that we're actually living in 1980, so COVID hasn't hit us yet. Yeah, exactly. That's what's great about it. Nothing. It, it is so far backwards over here, Ash. So far backwards? It is so far behind in so much like how we live our lives. Isn't that, isn't that the appeal, though, that you're not no, I love 24-7? It. it only takes 15 minutes to get everywhere. Um, you know, the weather is good, Bubs. Oh, I can see nice. that you're probably there. We actually don't have a beanie on today, but every other day you usually have a beanie on. Oh, listen here, Parker. You're, you're, you're wearing the Parker jacket, not me. <laughs> that is true. I've got my papa jacket on today as well, but doesn't mean that it's cold here in, uh, in WA. Anyway, oh. glorious day, and I'm enjoying the fact that it's actually a public holiday. Yes, we love it. We don't get one next week, though. You get one um, bank holiday next week, Bubs. What are you doing for the long weekend next week? It's the Queen's birthday weekend. Oh, is it Queen's birthday? Whatever. It was bank holiday. I don't know. Yeah. Is that an American thing? No, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Have you just looked at your diary? I'm pretty sure it's bank holiday. What? It's called bank holiday because the banks don't open. I don't know. And the old people need to know that the bank's not open. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's, well, what's bank, what, what, what is At that? what point do you start going to the bank as an old person? Like why, why is there a lineup of old people at the bank? Anyway, these questions. I'm not doing anything. Or maybe they're all bank holidays. It's saying they're all bank holidays. <laughs> yeah, because. So no, technically to... I'm not wrong. No, you're technically That's... right. That's a question Why yourself. When's the last holiday? time you went to the bank? I mean, I tried to go to the bank one time to cash a check and that was the first time that I'd ever been given a check and I thought, I actually, as a 33-year-old, don't really know how to deposit a check. It was one of those life moments that I went, I should know this skill. Yeah, that's where you just take it to the counter and they're like, you know there's a box for this. You didn't have to wait up for an hour, wait for an hour in the line. You can go to post offices and do it at post offices. Exactly. You can yeah. do it anyway. You can do anything at post offices. They're great. Since when do you guys get paid by a check? Oh. Since living in WA yeah. and that's how they do it because they don't have. <laughs> yeah. Primary schools and those sorts of places, they always give you a check because 14 people need to sign off on it. You get like a Medicare check of thirteen dollars seventy from a rebate. Like you get random oh. checks for no reason. And Tats Lotto. You go put it in your Dolomite account, do you, Bubs? Actually, it is a Dolomite account. <laughs> I had it. I've had it since I was like six at primary school, and it, I've just stayed. It stayed with me the entire time. You you still have your kid's bank account? No, yeah, from when I was a kid. Exactly the same one. So it starts with two zeros. That's how old it is. Oh, my God. All right. Well, anyway, we had some real sport being played on the weekend. NRL was back. Did you guys watch it? I did. I'm not a massive NRL fan, but I watched it because it was live sport. 
I was allowed to put it on for a mere probably 10 seconds before my husband said, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you watching this? And I'm like, I'm, I'm watching it so I know what the crowd sounds like and it all this. Great. Yeah, I thought it sounded good. Um, the, the props in the stands kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, and he's like, it's so boring. Can you turn it off? And I'm like, okay. And I had to turn it off so we could watch uh, Abandoned Engineering. I know what I'd rather watch. Did you watch it? <laughs> you know what? To be honest, I thought I might tune in to actually watch it because it is just live sport and there wasn't anything else to watch. Um, but I didn't. But I would have been in the minority. Best ratings in what, since 2014, as far as people tuning in to watch the NRL. So clearly people are ready for live sport to be back. And I'm not a huge NRL fan. I can appreciate it. But it probably wasn't enough for me to put aside what I was doing in order to sit down and actually watch it. But from all reports with the uh, crowd noise, I have heard positive things about it and I'm sure it, that um, it will be good when the AFL brings it in as well. It was done really, really well. They have a guy there that's, that's or a lady there. It's 2020. We can both do any job. They had a person there. <laughs> Thanks for the update. <laughs> right, dream believer chief. <laughs> we had a person there that was, um, that, that, that changes the um, the volume um, and the tone um, depending on what's going on. Is that was their job, and it was done really, really well. I mean, because I'm not a huge fan, I just kind of had it on in the background just to have a bit of sport going on, watched it as I was cooking dinner or whatever. Um, and it sounded like it was a real crowd. Um, it was sound. You the the tones changed, like I said, with what was the hits and everything, and it was really, really good. Very different to the first week of AFL where you could hear the the wax and it sounded and the whistle was echoey and those kinds of things where it sounded very, very um, practice game-like. So it was nice to be able to get the atmosphere for the viewer at home. Do you think that you paid out of me the other day saying that if it was a West Coast Eagles game and they were inserting crowd noise that there'd have to be the token booze put in? A lot of booze. Did you hear any booze or sounds like that that might kind of mimic... Uh, the crowd, if they were upset, angry at something that might have happened, like if a fight started on the ground, was there that kind of interaction with the crowd that you might typically hear? Not so much that. It was more, um, uh, I get, like I said, changing the tone. I don't really know how to describe it. I probably don't know the word myself. Not so much. No, I, so I like reckon build up to the trial. No, because yeah. I think it's it's like a DJ sort of system where you have all the the types of sounds in front of them and they get to push the button for like in a radio sort of situation in a radio station where you've got oh tackle so it raises the the volume and for that, period of, for that period of time as well time. so whatever they're seeing they're put they're pushing a button and then they've got the ambient sort of music <laughs> in the in the back which is the crowd just muffling and things and i wonder though where what is the base game that they've pulled these sounds off of? Like, what, is it going to be the same sounds for every game? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Probably. Have they gone and said, okay, this is a good game. Sydney versus West Coast has got a lot of booze and a lot of cheering. Is this going to be the perfect game to <laughs> yeah. be to be uh, getting, I don't know, the sounds of the game from? It's very interesting, but you don't have any of the, uh, the, the bad bits, I don't think. I think it's more of the positive sounds from a game rather than the negative sounds that you do hear around grounds. Maybe not as a listener, but you're not hearing <laughs> someone yell out, ah, oh, you white maggot, and things yeah. like that to an umpire. Exactly. 
Given it's WA Day, you are playing out on the West Coast Eagles quite frequently. I thought that yes. there might have been a little bit of respite on WA Day, but no, clearly. <laughs> You're just proceeding but, as per normal. I just have been to a West Coast game that they won by 45 points and they still booed off the umpires as they came off the field and with double the free kick count. Like, I just don't understand it. I have to admit, because uh, I used to be, well, I am a member at the West Coast Seagulls, and there is a guy that sits down, because you sit with the same people, mm-hmm. there's a guy that sits probably him diagonally a few seats away from me, and we call him Mr Boo Man. Uh, that's his name. I don't know if this is his official title, but he actually, before anyone goes to mark the ball or the opposition, he sits there and he goes, boo. I'm like, mate, you are not going to put... A player off by sitting there and saying boo every time they go to mark the ball. It just amazes me what some people think they need to do in order to get their team across the ball. Uh, that's superstition. That is superstition. Like one time in a final kick of the game, he's yelled boo, and then he has to do it because it's it's a repetitive action that, oh, I did it that time and it worked. So i, I got to do it every time. I think that uh, as you were born into becoming a West Coast Eagles supporter, they must, is your first word ball? Because that's all you say. It's ball or boo. That's all you hear at the, the West Coast game. I'd love for when you get to Optus Stadium that when they spend $80 million on that stadium, how much do they spend on that stadium? A lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. I'd love for them to just put on the back this the rules of holding the ball and incorrect disposal because I tell you what, they do not know the rules. I wish they actually spent the $80 million and gave it to Collingwood fans as part of their dental plan, but, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh so funny. Never I like how you before. took that personally. <laughs> well, it's anyway. funny because I played for Collingwood my first four months there, I lost a tooth, so. <laughs> yeah, obligatory of your contract, I guess. It you is. see it that is. fine print. I was actually thinking with the players, I want to speak to the players and because a lot of teams played really poorly, like the the NRL scores, some of them are just blown out. There's um, new rule so, changes though that have come into that, which has played into into that kind of the, the biggest uh-huh. scores. Um, so they instead of awarding a penalty, the umpire can award another six plays, so six, six, um, six downs, so they can. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's and they can why keep they the ball are, longer. Yeah, so it, it ends up being an extra four minutes of play or something like that. Um, when okay. I was reading from what these games were, so every all these stats of the scoring and play, game play. Because I thought, because a lot of athletes play for the ego of it and, and how they're perceived by the crowd and, and really getting motivated by the crowd. I was wondering if that had a lot to do with poor performance. So maybe the rule change has a lot to do with it as well. And I think there are certain teams and certain players that use those sounds of that they're hearing to get themselves up or alternatively as well, they pull them down when they had, you know, you have, you won't have these home ground advantages as much because, you know, we'll use West coast for example, because they have such an advantage because people don't travel as much to WA because it is so far away. That's why they have such a big home ground advantage. They're not going to be getting if If a player from Richmond does something wrong, they know about it. But mm. alternatively, a West Coast player, they do something well, they know about it as well. So you're not going to have as such, um, you know, your low moments won't be as low and your high moments won't be as high. So it's going to even it out a little bit in some aspects for certain players where the crowd can affect them. Maybe they're going to have ear, ear pods in. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> some ear pods in. You'll see players running around with their headphones on. What? <laughs> 
Maybe that's why we had such a bad performance across our career, uh, Georgie. No one came oh. to watch us ever, so we never were able to be lifted up to the heights that we were capable of. The, the one, no, the one tournament we have crowds was our World Cup and we did quite well there. Yes, that is true. You certainly needed a crowd when we played Samoa, which is possibly the <laughs> easiest the easiest side that we ever played. And I think Georgie Parker had the worst game I've ever seen any athlete in the history of all sports. I scored four play. goals, though. She scored four goals and it was still the worst game she's ever played. I think that she would have been better off actually playing soccer with the Bubs that day. I've never seen anyone kick the ball or miss the ball as much as that. So certainly she could have been um, helped by the crowd if they actually had attended Australia v Samoa back in, gosh, I don't even know what year that would have been. I've got the ability to not have you on this podcast again, Ash. (laughs) Don't lord it over me because my people on Facebook will come out swinging for me once again and you'll be classified as a troll, which we know you already are, according to my friends or not-so-close friends. (laughs) My followers. Um, my now, followers. <laughs> before, before we move on um, from the NRL, the AFL, those games, what I'm going to be missing the most about uh, going to the footy is having a meat pie. It's my favourite thing. I go there, have a meat pie, footy pie. Personally, do we prefer square or circle pies? Circle. I like square. I like square. the corner pastry. I like the corner pastry. Square pie, and also I think the square pie is like the evolution of the the circular pie, and so we're kind of getting a bit more gourmet. So you get the real chunky pies with the mushroom, that kind of thing, in square pies more regularly than you would a circle pie. And and my thing is you have like a a starting point to start your pie on. Like you start on the corner, it doesn't spill out everywhere because then it's got a little pocket. Anyway, the pies. (laughs) Now, Bubs, you said to us randomly, guys, can you not take my lid off the pie? I don't understand what you mean about that. And if you'd love to delve into that, you can do so now. You've got three minutes to go. My segment was meant to be called Don't Take the Fucking Lid Off My Pie, ever, like ever. Don't You're not doing me a favour by taking the lid off my pie. So, it was, Who's taking your lid off? Because I've never had anyone take my lid off my so, pie. So I'll, I'll set the scene. We are at my father-in-law's birthday party on the weekend so small family gathering for anybody listening um well, you, we discovered that none of your friends come to your parties so. <laughs> exactly so this family is like, have to go so when 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 you're in the in-laws department your partner should take over and do most of the things right because you're the guest so he's uh his father has made some party pies for the kids and of course you smell party pies you've got to have them and he took them out of the oven and set them down and they said, it's, they're stinking hot. And I'm like, yes, just the way I like my pies. I don't like them any tepid or anything like that. So I asked for one just to settle in for my lunch and my husband gets it and starts cutting off the lid. And I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? And he keeps going. Like, I'm like, what, can you not do that? He goes, they're hot. I go, yeah, but now when I eat my pie, the meat's the meat's gonna fall out the front. Like, I don't understand. He's like, I'm trying to cool it down for you. I'm trying to <laughs> do you a favour. I must say you're not five years of age either. Thank so you. that's so something that you kind of like pie. you'd bite into the pie, you'd break the pie and kind of blow on it for your child. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> don't say to your wife, just blow on it, honey. 
<laughs> is it old, old touch test? No, you don't do that to, to but, someone over three, four. But, but we were all in the room when my father-in-law said, it's hot, like it's burning hot. I'm like, okay, I have registered that. Don't take the lid off my pie. Guys, this is a Seinfeld episode where Elaine gets given a plate from a waitress and they say to her, oh, the plate's really hot. And she touches it and she goes, ow. She goes, I just told you it was hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she just goes, I was just seeing what your your version of hot was. <laughs> Everything's a sign. Exactly right. No, but when I, when now that I go to um, donate blood, they don't give you sausage rolls anymore. They just give you a long meat pie in like a sausage roll rectangle. And it's the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. Well, because you like squares over circles then? No, it's a rectangle. So it's long, like a sausage roll, and it's got a cover on it. I mean, and I'm the not... meat pie doesn't, it doesn't cool down. It stays hot the entire time. I'm not, it's amazing. I'm, I, I'm not any shape expert, but I do think a rectangle is closer to a square than a circle. I'm a geometric uh, uh, expert and I would have to agree with Parker in regards to, to that. But I, this isn't the first time I've heard about people taking tops off their pies. I've seen people kind of go for the approach where you take the top off the pie and then you put the sauce inside the pie and you mix it through and then you put it back on. Don't necessarily agree with it, but it's all about the sourcing rather than actually whether or not it's going to be cool enough for you to eat. Because I agree, I like my pie scorching hot. It has to kind of leave that burn on the roof of your mouth. Yeah, you've got this. This is a noise you make. (laughs) 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 You're like, oh, it's like toasties, cheese, tomato, toasties. And this is it, ready? Wait, (laughs) this this is it. ASMR. We're going to get so many more followers now because we can tag this as ASMR. If people don't understand what that is, because I don't think everyone is across what ASMR is. Do you think? Well, ASMR is the sounds very, very up close and personal, correct? Yeah, and, like, you like listening to it. And it's got a real strong following. But I didn't learn about that until probably about five months ago. It's a bit kinky. It's it about making rhythm so you can make music with the sounds. That's I don't it. think it's necessarily that. I think it's literally like. Well, no, can... that's why it feels good because you can get into a rhythm. Right. Oh, it's just gross. It's like but you can get like, anyway, should we move on from that? Well, I just wanted to say I had my first sausage roll yesterday in about, I reckon, gosh, five on years. On WA? On w- no, well, no, not yesterday. Today's WA day. <laughs> yesterday was just a prelude to WA day. I thought I'd go get a saucy roll. And I actually went for a spinach and ricotta. And as I was, which isn't really a sausage roll, is it? But um, <laughs> No, it's a spinach and ricotta roll. <laughs> it is in the shape of a sausage roll. But I had the issue of um, thinking about, you know, how do I source my spinach and ricotta roll? Do you go for the whole all on the top or do you individually you know, take a bite, source that part. I, take I do bite. that. Yeah. I do that um, because I think you get a, a better ratio, I think, and there's less chance of it going on the paper bag or on your, you. Well, that's um, it. It's in a pie, you squirt into it, of course. Yeah, but I think with those little square things that you get and you squeeze them out, you're, you have to be They're very careful. They're rectangles, bubs. <laughs> you're not so good at shapes, <laughs> are you? <laughs> 
I didn't go to that day at school. No, when you when you squeeze it out, it it comes out in, in a certain amount, but you you don't actually know how much you need. So you can. It's a very dangerous caper. It's that true. One. You're not good at ratios or rationing, and you're not good with geometric shapes. But no. you're good at catching things. I know. I know my strengths. Small hands. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. It is. Um, what do we got? <laughs> Are you calling me stupid small hands? <laughs> let's go let's go to half time with Nelson. You know what? You would have known what was up if you actually had sent out a run sheet this week, well, Georgie Parker. I would me. just like to point out that after weeks of paying out on me, not uh, having you a run sheet read looking at it, you haven't even sent one. And this was the one week that I thought, you know what, it'd be great to have a run sheet. But nevertheless, yeah, I'm going yeah. to progress because I'm working with absolute amateurs. It is time for the half Nelson marking the halftime point of uh, this pointless podcast. And um, today I'd like to discuss uh, technology and when it's, has it got you into trouble? Because I have to say that in lead up to the AFL season and lead up to the NRL, technology has featured pretty heavily in getting a number of our athletes um, into trouble. So, Bub, stay with me here. I just saw you, I just saw you put... Put your head down. <laughs> I don't think we get many hits on our visual channel, however. Bubs, while Ash was just talking then, you can visually see you. Your head is resting. It's what I used to do at school. When, no, get your head up. Pay attention, please. <laughs> Are you just trying to illustrate what all of our listeners will be doing as I discuss my halftime segment? Yeah, don't listen to our podcast while driving because you may fall asleep. Sleep. Yeah. Anyway, as I was saying, they certainly have had their issues as far as technology goes. So in the NRL, I mean, we had Nathan Cleary feature in a TikTok video saying that he didn't know that he was being filmed but actively participating in a TikTok video when he was meant to be socially distancing himself. You had Latrell Mitchell, Josh Adokar posting a photo about a 12-man camping trip where they shouldn't have been um, with other people and also shooting a gun without a licence. Um, that was a good one to tweet out. But most recently, we have had the issue in the NRL of people taking photos and then they've been turned into cardboard cutouts and then some of these dubious images appearing in the stands of people that shouldn't really be there. I mean, they had Dr Harold Shipman, a.k.a. Dr Death, who was responsible over a number of people's deaths um, throughout Europe, I think it was, mainly elderly women, and he appeared in the crowd. So once again, technology is uh, not doing us any favours and uh, certainly wasn't doing the NRL any favours. So my question after that, stay with me, bubs, um, <laughs> is when has technology got you into trouble? And it can be your TikTok account if you've got one. It can be your Instagram account if you've got one. Um, Twitter, because bubs, I don't know if you've got any of the other ones. You're still on MySpace probably. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Georgie, have you had trouble? I, assume, I reckon you're pretty active on social media. I reckon you would have had a few issues. I'm very active, but I've also, I've got a brain. So I actually, when I was playing, I dead said I had uh, on my story, I had Collingwood Football Club blocked from seeing my story. I had the AFL, AFLW all blocked. I had about three quarters of my team blocked from seeing my story. <laughs> So whatever I put on there, they couldn't see. And you and you have a little buffer, don't you? Because when you watch it back, when you're completely lucid, 
then you can say, oh, I should oh, really take that. that down. Exactly. And then they can't um, see it as much because, uh, yeah, so I was a little bit um, smarter about it. I well, mean, isn't it the media that you wouldn't want to see? I mean, Collingwood and uh, AFL no, would probably be like, oh, no, that's okay until it becomes an issue with the media. No, no, because, I mean, I think I never put anything that is racist, discriminating, sexist, any of those things. I never think I cross that line into that. I probably break team rules before I break laws. Um, so I'm never really going to get in trouble from the media, um, but I would get in trouble, <coughs> pardon me, from the team for for whatever kind of behaviour is out there and not a good look for the team. Um, but you guys know that often those team rules are really only in place of the rules and other people don't give really a, a rat's ass about what you're doing, but the yeah. team think that other people care about what you're doing when really they don't care about what you're doing. Doing, yeah. Yeah, you no. know what I mean? So, so I had that, I mean, uh, to be honest, technology doesn't get me in too much trouble. <laughs> me either because my uh, Nokia 6310 never had any. Doesn't have the internet. Doesn't have the um, internet and it didn't have very good video either, but I did get in trouble at home with uh, technology because my husband has installed about 16 cameras around the house, not inside, I must say, but one is inside in the garage. And my daughter opened the car door onto his car, he said. And so I said, no, it didn't touch, it's fine. And he's gone back into the house and he's rewound the video in the garage and he did like a slow motion replay of my daughter opening the car door onto his car door and I don't know what he can see but I can clearly see enough to put my fingers or my hand in that space and he just kept on and on and on until I just said fine I'm sorry we hit your car no problem he used your CCTV footage against you yes brilliant I got into trouble one time well not really trouble it was just an awkward moment but I, um, in my job as a producer in the radio, I have to message quite a few people. I don't really necessarily know that well, but you kind of come into contact with them fairly regularly. And we used to have the ex-police commissioner come on our show, um, otherwise known as Carlo Callahan, which you guys probably wouldn't know unless you live over here in you know, Western Australia. And uh, one day I thought, you know what, it'd be great to get Carl on the show. He doesn't really know me, but I sent him a text message and in my rush, I said the ex-police commissioner, hey, Carl, love for you to be on the show, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, send. And I had that moment as I pressed send, I was like, no. <laughs> and there's no, like, it's not like email where you can quickly press, like, the retrieve button. And so I thought to myself, well, here's a little bit of a pickle. Do I own up to it and say, hey, sorry for sending you kisses and hugs kind of inappropriately because... We're not really like on that kind of level, or do I just leave it and hope that this kind of fades into the background and he just messages back and completely ignores it? So I had this like little dilemma as to what to do. I just what would you guys do? Would you address it or just leave it? I'd leave it for sure. I would leave it because um, I reckon it doesn't mean anything these days. Like, uh, or maybe for him, if he you was don't even woman. send us exes. No. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what got into me. Anyway, maybe subliminally I kind of like a man in uniform. I'm not sure. And so I thought, no, I better address this because, you know, the police commissioner doesn't want to be done for having, like, you know, a young girl sending him kiss hugs. Actually, not hugs. 17. I know, I know. But, you know, still not, still not a great look, is it? 
And so I said, sorry, just a force of habit. And then I was waiting for the acknowledgement back to be like, don't worry, it's okay, ha-ha, nothing, zilch. So the next time I saw Carla Callahan was basically there was no reference to the message and the banter that I had kind of sent in response. So all in all, I think I should have just left it and taken a leaf out of you guys' books and kind of gone, oh, no, well. ignored it. But he, I mean, he probably didn't know what you were talking about. Maybe he just thought, what? Oh, she sent that to the wrong person. Maybe. Anyway, I just thought it was one of those moments that technology can kind of I mean, really I, cause a lot of difficulty in your day and you just have to be so careful with what you say. I, 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 absolutely. Double check things. Don't rush. I mean, I, I have been in trouble with, it, with social media. I mean, I, I mean, with texting. I mean, I sent my ex-boyfriend, who I'm still um, good friends with. I was at a, a Frio game and he was there as well. And... He was just messaged like, oh, where are you? We'll catch up for a beer. And I said, yep, go. I tried to write go Frio and it auto-corrected Frio into deep. So it said, <gasps> yep, go deep, which might have been acceptable a few years prior. But look, it's not so acceptable when you're yeah. not dating anymore. I don't know if your now husband would have really appreciated reading that message. It wasn't great. <laughs> I did, I, I've had a, uh, a fatal text message blooper when um, I first started going out with Jeff, my husband. Um, it auto-corrected to George, which was my ex. So when I said, hi, Jeff, George, he said, hi, yeah. George. And he's like, um, no, mm. no, that's, I'm Jeff. And I'm like, oh, shit. And back in the day. My name was, is Jeff. Yeah. It was just, um it was when it first started the autocorrect. I hadn't quite mastered it yet. You'd yeah. upgraded from your Nokia 3310 to one with the autocorrect potential. Yeah. yeah, you weren't used to it. You know yeah, what? I wasn't. Jeff should have understood that. You were just fighting technology. You were fighting the battle. Yeah, the senility of it all. Uh, now, Bob, there's a lot going on at the moment with um, A-League and their broadcast deal. They don't have a broadcast deal yet. Um, and in these times... Look, that's not good. I mean, the AFL is having to renegotiate theirs. Theirs is ending next year, and, and you know they're expecting a twenty percent cut from their broadcast deal. Um, not a good time to not have one, though. No, especially after the pandemic. But we were worried about the rights for a, a while there because we started to see a lot of Fox, Fox Sports making cuts to their production teams to their producers their entire staff or their entire staff like people were just getting cut um you know left right and center so we started to worry about our game uh but then we thought okay ko's coming in we should be okay with um whatever broadcasting rights uh, we get with with them but um the ffa have this real integrity sort of thing that once you enter into a contract with people, you should do everything that you can to reinstate that contract with those that company before trying to, to move into other areas where it's really important for us as a, a footballing coach because we don't get as much funding as the other sports. So broadcast brings in the majority of funding for our code from top to bottom, from grassroots all the, all the way up. So... When you start to think the the difference between 56 million per year that Fox Sports were paying in our last um, sort of negotiation, it's gone down to reportedly we don't know exactly because nobody knows the figures, but nine or ten per year. So from 56 down to nine or ten, the 
that's a huge deficit for our game and, and it's and it's really worrying in terms of, I mean, they already owed us $12 million, um, in the lead-up to this pandemic. A lot of clubs were finding it difficult to survive, finding it difficult to pay their staff. They had to stand down a lot of people, even with the JobKeeper. Um, so they finally thought, oh, we'll pay that. So the $12 million was paid. PFA and FFA came together and, and, and made that sort of um, negotiation for pay and everything, and we were going to restart again. But now Fox Sports, once again, is holding off um, on, on how to broadcast the, the next, well, 30 days. They're looking to start the league and finishing it within 30, 35 days. And it means having seven days of football, um, so a week. So how are they going to do that? I'm not really sure. Um, but FFA are adamant that they are going to stick with Fox Sports until there's no other uh, way of going about it. Now, everyone's talking about having live streaming and making our own channel, which we already do because I don't actually watch A-League much on Fox. I have the package and everything, but I watch it on my mobile phone, um, on the computer, all those sorts of ways. So it's not a far stretch to get the game on live stream, but every, everyone seems to think that they have to go through Fox Sports to make it work. And I'm thinking it's because of the infrastructure that Fox Sports has already. And, you know, even if we take a portion of registrations from our grassroots and put that into live streaming or developing our own channel, you could raise about $14 million to start the project and get it going. But obviously, uh, you know, you're very tentative when you start those sorts of things because there's no real backing and there's no what if it all goes wrong, what do we do? Um, sort of thing. So I wouldn't mind getting your guys' viewpoints in in what we should do from here. I mean, as much as, you know, we're the same code and we we have great things happening for our sport, we are very vulnerable. We're not as vulnerable as NRL or AFL, certainly because of the revenue that you guys um, get from the government. Um, first of all, is a whole lot more than we get. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm really worried, to, to be honest. I mean, I think we've got a great CEO at the moment, James Johnson. He's doing a real good, like, he, he knows football. So I think we're going places in that sort of way. And now now this has sort of happened. So you start to really worry about um, the future of the game professionally. I would be concerned, I guess, that if you're moving away from Fox as far as the advertising potential, I mean, you'd probably get quite a bit of money from advertising with the recognition that it's going to be shown on a, a Fox broadcast. Yeah. Um, as soon as you go to live streaming, you sort of wonder whether or not advertisers would be like pulling out of yeah. their sponsorship deals because they're not really getting the uh, notoriety or the um, exposure that they're essentially paying for and those incidental viewers that you get on exactly on give the people i'm flicking flicking oh i'll watch this whereas yes. if you have a live stream you're going there specifically just for that and it kind of like narrows your, your pool of, of potential viewers yeah well i think you know coming from a hockey background certainly just having a live stream you're not going to have those incidental viewers you're going there with a purpose even on ko i mean you have to really actively search for it and click on the channel in order to view it you don't just kind of 
happen to stumble across it and it only comes up if you've sort of kind of shown an interest in, say, hockey when you're on a KO platform as far as um, entering the website. So I'd be a little bit concerned from going away from the Fox deal. You have a look at NRL, for example, and how long it took for Fox and Channel 9 to get a deal that both the league and also NRL and Channel 9 were happy with. You hope that this might be something that they can continue to negotiate. That might only be a temporary thing. I think the scary thing is, and I'm going to use the word precedence, um, that you just don't want them to set an example this year as far as the contract goes. You hope that maybe it might just be sort of a year where Fox aren't paying that much for the rights and then hopefully when they get into a better financial position, the following year that you can say, well, you know what, we were kind of amicable and met in the middle last year as far as striking the deal between the broadcast rights and also, you know, Fox Sports getting that. And then maybe the year after they can actually look to kind of pay that little bit more. Um, that's what, you know, you would kind of hope for. But whether or not that's kind of the way it works Bye. when it comes to broadcast deals, I'm not in the industry. And I just hope that um, something can be worked out because certainly will affect like you said, from your grassroots right to the elite level as far as payment of players, also people with jobs, um, and it's a sad reflection of what's going on in sport at the moment. And I think that they said it was a three-year deal um, to begin with, so maybe there, there, there may be an option to go one year. Like you said, I mean, that would be probably the best option to go for, but even then... Um, our, our salary cap would have to go down. The quality of players that we would get would. I mean, go down. every every sport's going to have is going to be taking a hit. Even even the big guns of of AFL is having to take a hit, and that's where these players are saying about their their CBA. It's not going to be applicable if there's a, a decrease in revenue because they've been um, seeking for revenue. Every uh, sport you look at um, rugby union, the they've they've forty percent of their um, staff gone 47 people at their headquarters gone at, to save them five and a half million dollars a year in salaries um but with that with all these job cuts um with all these uh, pay appointments with all these um especially the job cuts which are, are doing those grassroots those women's sports things like that which need that development at the moment they're what's going to be taking a hit and that's what's really sad about it because there's going to be things that really wanted were really needing this money um are going to be hurting the most um, and that's mm. what I'm not looking forward to the next few years um, in, in regrouping. But we have to understand as well that it's on both sides of the coin it's not Fox Sports taking advantage of you know there not being any money sort of in A-League like they don't have the money there as well and people yeah. are losing their job and jobs in the media too so while they're kind of saying we can't afford it well that's actually probably a true reflection so we need to kind of all be a little bit easier on each other and hopefully like I said we get through this year Sport gets back to normal, bums on seats, you get the revenue coming through the gates and then it can kind of get back to sort of, I guess, the amount of money that we're sort of used to being thrown at sport from elite right through to grassroots level, but it's just kind of getting through this period and hopefully um, the A-League can, can bounce back. I think that's why this live streaming for me, developing your own channel and setting it up for yourself is probably the way to go. I mean, the Japanese league, the J-League the did that a little while ago and it and it's brought in so much revenue for them. I mean, you can get to look after all all the the rights and all the sponsorship deals and, and how you get to portray your game. So maybe it, it's, it's as much as it's a bit iffy and, you know, tentative and not really sure and you don't get those incidental viewers and maybe it's, 
it's for the best. Now, my question to you, though, Bubs, is why are they having to shorten the season? Have they not finished their season? No. Why do we need to have 30? Okay, so this is to finish the 2019-2020 season? Yeah, so to finish the season and have finals football. So there wasn't long to go. I mean, there wasn't uh, long to go because you you have to finish the season so you know who gets to go to Champions League. So the Asian, you know, you need to qualify the Asian Champions League. So you have to have uh, a top, uh, I'm not even sure who goes, um, but you need to have top top four, I think it is. Um, so you have to know those things before for next year. I mean, there's other ways around that though as well, isn't there, in terms of... Um figuring that yeah. out. Yeah, well, that it's, out. A, it's a contract. So they have to abide by the contract and... And I'm sure a pandemic is a good way to get out of a contract. Um, but I'm, <laughs> not think really, so. I'm not really sure what the law states on it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough times for everybody involved. And I'm, I'm sure, like, a lot of people are angry, but I'm just, uh, I'm worried. And, you know, yeah. I think if we're all understanding and we kind of get, get it over the line in the best interest of the game um, and, and the people that want to watch it, I think, that's got to be first and foremost in our minds. I don't think it's a time to be angry. I think it's with all these times you need to be putting the politics aside. You need to be trying to figure out and understanding that this is no one's fault. Well, I think I'm not not sure the word anger is. The the anger has been building for 10 years. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times the Socceroos that have been in and out of the Socceroos team, they've started to pipe up now that um, the new CEO is involved. Like, you you never heard from Viduka. You never heard from um, Lucas Neal and all those players that are starting to uh, voice their opinions now because I think they feel that change in guard uh, that he's he's going to listen because Viduk is in Croatia sitting in a cafe t- talking about the crappy state of uh, Australian football and it's just snowballed. Um, we've got this uh, uh, Team Eleven starting where we've got this uh, bank of um, ex-footballers that are trying to rectify what's wrong with our game. So, you know watch this space really to say it was good to actually see Lucas Neal back in amongst it because he's been away for quite a period of time uh correct me if I'm wrong but over in Europe isn't he um England yeah they, they all living they over all there lived. yeah they um, all just kind of and I thought he was a, a bit of a shame to sort of lose um interest or just not be an active participant in the way that Australian soccer was going given how much of an influential player that he was for such a period of time so to see his name pop back up and his involvement uh, from an outsider, it reflects well. Yeah, I think a lot of players have been burnt as well. I mean, in the women's game specifically, we're, we're burning a lot of players. And uh, I, I just think of Lisa Devanna right now. She's probably two games off getting the record for playing for the Matildas. And she's playing in Italy um, and just has been swept under the carpet in terms of selection. And what do you do with those sorts of issues? Because... Uh, when you want her to come back and you want her to help the game, I'm pretty sure that the bitter state of affairs that has transpired for her right now is probably going to push her into not wanting to help or not wanting to be a part of um, rebuilding. So I think a lot of times the players have a certain period of time where they need to, uh, I don't know, air their grievances and and, and really come back from it because it's quite mentally... Um, 
difficult to, to retire from the sport even when you're well liked. So um, you know, it's it's certainly harder when you when you haven't really had a, a good exit. Uh, I'll I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, well, you're 41 and haven't retired. <laughs> I'm still going. That's why, because no one's treating me right enough. <laughs> I need to be in the good books before I leave. Yeah, just imagine how bitter you will be. You've had all this time playing, so you're just building up those grievances, and then when you retire, you're not going to actually come back to the sport until you're about 80. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The longer I stay, that's why I haven't left. You're going to make up for <laughs> Find as many grievances as you can to, to get you out of the game forever. <laughs> Um, I have to say, um, Perth is having a bit of grievances shared at the moment, guys, because we got snubbed once again um, as far as actually getting the India Test Tour coming here. Instead, it was awarded to the Gabba. So the four Test Series um, that will end up in the Boxing Day match when India comes over to Australia. Um, it's been the second time in six years that we haven't had India Tour the West Coast. And oof, they are angry. And we've but we know given... why, though. Why? Because... Adelaide's the best test oval. Adelaide and MCG are the two test ovals that cricketers want to play at. I'm not complaining about that. Gabba. Saying, the Gabba, they don't lose at the Gabba. They want to win the series. Look at the, the history. They don't. They haven't lost against India there. In- so is that how we pick it now? That you're Absolutely. only playing they places that you're going to win. Have you not watched the test? They have to come <laughs> off after all these. A couple of years where we were terrible after the old sandpaper gate. They don't want to lose. We what? lost a home test to the India and we don't want to do that again. How good the is Perth? at the Gabba. It makes how good, sense. How good is Perth Stadium, though? I mean, it yeah, is yeah, but it's not, firstly, Perth it's, Stadium. But Perth Stadium is not a cricket stadium. It's a dropping it's, wicket. It's, it's not the wacker. It's not the wacker. It's not the wacker's horrific. But it's, <laughs> it's not a... It, it, they want to win, Ash, and that's it. So take your WA goggles off. I know you love it. Just take them off and go, oh, yeah, I get it. I get no, it. No, because I think that it's the national sport and that each state should have equal opportunity. To well, so was AFL and we don't have an, a grand final in, at Optus Stadium. Yeah, get on your AFL, AFL, AFL come from, came from VFL, whereas cricket has come as a national sport. Like the waffle sport. saved it. The waffle saved the game. Of course it did. I mean, we always do. We come in. I'm just it's... giving you a reason, Ash. I'm just giving you a reason. Well, if they're going to do that, say that. Their reason was that it was financially based. But, you know, we are struggling over here in Western Australia. Well, they're not going to go and say... Is... But they're not going to go and... India Test Match here in Perth is they're going not... to be... A good thing for cricket in Western Australia. And yet again, we're being snubbed. They're ash, ash. They're not going to say, oh, we're going to the Gabba because we won't lose that one because then it's going to shoot themselves in the foot if they do lose it. But if you go and look, they don't lose to India at Gabba, at the Gabba. So that's why I can't wait till they play and they lose to India at the Gabba. That's un-Australian. And then all of a sudden they're going to be wishing they came over to Perth Stadium. No, they won't. Well, you just wait and see. We'll have this meeting again come December 3rd, I think it is, when it all goes ahead. (laughs) But we've got a consolation prize. Afghanistan's coming to play here um, at Perth Stadium. So hopefully that's a good test match. Perfect. Snubbed. (laughs) Once again, snubbed. Absolutely snubbed. (laughs) Have you guys been snubbed previously? Well... No, people. Bubs has literally told us about a story where nobody came to a New Year's Eve party. That is true. She literally oh. she sent she sent me a picture of that 
that uh, Football Federation of Australia, FFA, was that what it is, to put it up <laughs> and it had 10 soccer players arm in arm about to be a game. She was the 11th, not even the picture, and she captained in that game. And even the Matildas don't want to acknowledge Bob's. <laughs> so it's snubbed all the time. Like, you know, when you're in, there's this beautiful photo and you can see your sock and then you, you I, I'm like, I've seen that fucking photo before and you open it up and I'm actually <laughs> in the photo. They just decide to cut me. All you can see is your sock with the captain's band around it. It could be bumps. Could be nose. Possibly one of the most capped players, leader of Australia, doesn't even rate to mention. And we would be like, bumps who? Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, poor um, thing. Get back in your box. Okay, and we're also going to snub Bubs in the next segment of Tweet of the Week before we wrap it up because after last week, yeah, you, don't get, you don't get to play this game anymore. Oh, I got, I've got one and I play along quite well. Is it about children dying in the street? Oh, it's not children dying in the street. It was the comparison of life and death in football. No, no. No, okay. you go ahead. I've you got go, one. Bubs, go. No, you go because I can't find it. I thought I was actually getting no, but I'm saying you go. Well, okay, I have um, one from Mindy Kaylee, the comedian. Love her, and I'm I'm interested in knowing what your setup is at the moment as far as your webcam is concerned, because she's actually got a photo up, and she's got bad zoom angle versus good zoom angle, and the good zoom angle is the computer propped up on two pillows compared to the laptop desk being flat on the the desk. Mm-hmm. And then she titles it with, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So essentially she's educating us on how to have a good Zoom angle. And I'm looking at my computer set up at the moment and it made me laugh because I've got my computer propped up on a tissue box just to kind of give it the little bit. I've got it on a shoe box. (laughs) Mine's on a pillow. A shoe (laughs) box and and a book because I wanted a little bit more height. Exactly. So I feel as though she's been honest about, you know, how we really should all be Zooming at the moment. And I'm glad that we all attended her TED Talk and have learned from it. We did, Bubs. Um, So mine is from Sarah K. Runnels. The worst thing about returning to bars will be getting a standard five-ounce pour of wine instead of the 25 ounces my home bar offers. (laughs) So true. We're so angry about not being able to go to a bar. I'm like, you can get a better drop of wine in your own home and you don't even have to get out of your feet. But, I mean, I went to a bar, a couple of bar restaurants over the weekend because, of course, they're open. And somebody, somebody cleaning my plates from in front of me and not having to do dishes, that is why we, I go out. I don't want to have to do dishes and have someone else pour me a drink. That's that's what I love. Am yeah. I lazy? Am I lazy? I yeah. loved it. Well, mine, mine will finish off with this. And um, mine is from Andy Milon, Milonicus. And, of course, they had the uh, SpaceX fly off um, into, the, into the universe. Yes. First uh, commercial... Uh, yes. Spaceship, uh, Elon Musk sorted that one out. Um, sorted it out. <laughs> just in his spare time, just kind of he got did, together a, a bunch of bandits, and a couple of months later, they're on the International Space Station. They are. It's Guardians quite of the Galaxy style. Um, at a cost of about a, a what is it, an, a sixteenth or something like that of what it would cost for the government. Anyway, um, Andy's tweeted, "Congratulations to the astronauts that left Earth today. Good choice." Yes, yes. yes. Um, um, it's been an interesting 
Yeah. It's been an interesting year. And and at the moment, I mean, I don't like getting too deep and downer like you do, uh, Bubs. Um, But there is a lot of hate and angst in the world. So um, I think everybody just making sure you're having a look at yourself and your behaviours and your actions and just making sure that it's a true reflection of what you want to be perceived as because um, there's a lot going on um, and it's not a not a nice place to be in at the moment. So just try to make a difference that you can in, in the small ways that you can um, and not to get too overwhelmed by it as well. I'll just, I'll just wipe that tear away. It's No, but it is. I like was Last week I got in trouble for the exact same thing. <laughs> I wasn't talking about... But I, I, I mean, I did, I did give you a bit of grief about it last week. But I, and I know that this would probably be something that um, would be passionate to you as well, um, Bubs. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of shit going in out there, so just be kind. Yeah, I will it, say it was pretty hard to find a funny tweet. It, it's, it was to be honest, it was hard to even fight, write a rundown this week because all I want to do is see this stuff, but it makes you so fucking down, right? Yeah. Be the change you want to see. Is that the, the quote that they put out there? That's You've it. done a few today, Ash. Dream, yeah. achieve. Yes. Well, you know, like um, like Parker said, that there's so much um, sadness in the world at the moment, so sometimes it is nice to have a little bit of light relief as well and it's not diminishing the issue but also recognising that humour can be healing. So I, I agree. I think that we send our thoughts out to everybody that's suffering at the moment and going through quite a bit and um, it's a good time to, to listen to each other. But certainly it doesn't mean that you can't have a sense of humour and enjoy the lighter side of things as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's, I guess, uh, it all in summary. And also finally, Elon Musk, if you can send people to outer space, you can give your kid a better name. That's me oh. for the week. Oh, my God, 100%. Um, well, thanks, ladies. Um, a pleasure as always. Sometimes a chore. Um, and we'll see you next week. Happy WA Day! Yay! Happy birthday, Queenie!